This month we're talking about Activate. That is our theme that we're preaching on this month, but also that is kind of like our word for the entire year. And Activate brings up images in our mind of something like turning on a machine or pushing a button and something powering up, uh, turning the key of a car and the engine is powered. Activate gives you those kinds of images. And we as a culture like that. We like instant things. I like being able to push a button on my phone and I have something arrive at my door same day. Or I can order groceries and an hour later at our door. We like to activate and be instant. We like these images. But every time I've thought about activate when I've prayed for the word today, the Lord keeps giving me the image and the picture of a seed. And that a seed is actually an activation as well. And it's totally against the picture our mind comes up with when we hear that word. But Jesus in the New Testament, when he was speaking, often used stories and images like seeds, gardening, harvest, crops, to symbolize and to illustrate our spiritual life. That spiritual life and growth is slower. It comes in seasons. It's it's different than what our culture thinks of as instantly getting something. And so today we're going to look at the parable of the sower. It's a very common parable. It's one we've heard many times. And we know that this parable is referencing salvation. But it also illustrates a spiritual principle that is not only true for salvation, but is true any time we receive something that the sower, God, sows into our life. We have the opportunity, we have the same warnings that we're going to read in the scriptures anytime the Lord sows a seed of faith into our heart. And so this parable, yes, is talking about how it begins with salvation, but it's also how we respond in every faith moment after the moment of salvation. And so we're going to look at that today. And as we talk through this scripture, I want us to see the seed as not only the seed for salvation, but also that the seed holds God's purpose for our life and that we have to activate the seed in good soil for us to step into our full purpose in Christ. And so that's what we're going to look at today. So let's start by reading in Matthew 13. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables. A parable, just so you know, this isn't a story if you're new to the Christian faith or you're just learning about the gospel. A parable isn't a true story. He's not going to give a historical account of something. A parable is something you would say that you would use an everyday thing that everyone knew, like doing laundry or cooking, and you would tell a story that's familiar to people that illustrates a deeper, hidden spiritual principle. And so that's what a parable is. So he's about to do this. And he says, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? Don't you love that? I absolutely love seeing how the disciples respond to Jesus. So Jesus says this story that's just like, 
Okay, so there's a farmer sowing seed. Cool. They come up to him and they're like, why do you do the things that you do? Why do you talk in parables? Why do you make our job so hard? But I'm going to pause here before we read Jesus, because Jesus is going to explain to them the deeper hidden principle. That before we go on, I want to say that there will be moments in your life where you have an experience with God and you know that he is confirming something in you. It could be that he's revealing some of your purpose, giving you a glimpse into that. He could be affirming his love for you, that he's not gonna leave you. He could be um, encouraging you on something you need to, to remove from your life. Could be anything, but there are these moments where you know something spiritual has happened. This is not something that happens every day. You'd be like, <gasps> What a bad Christian. Now, I'm not talking about the everyday, just getting my devotions. I'm saying there are moments where you connect with the Holy Spirit and you know that he has imparted something to you, something that's gonna change your life. And it's different from daydreaming and making goals, you know, like, well, one day I'd like to do this and I'd love to go to Italy. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a spiritual moment that is an activation within you of something God is doing. And so I'm gonna call, I'm gonna be referencing those moments today and I'm gonna call it a seed moment. It's a moment where you know God is sowing something into your heart that's gonna change you, It has the potential to change you. And so what happens is God imparts something to you. You have a moment with Christ where he imparts something to you. And that seed goes into the soil of your heart, okay? Here it goes. goes in. And so what we understand from a seed is from the moment that it's in, that soil, it's activated. Activation has become. So we can be like, what? I'm activated. Let's go. I just received that word from God. I know. Okay, I'm activated. I'm ready. Let's go. Okay, anytime, God, because I know. I got, I got that seed. You were sowing in my heart. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's start the amazing things. Well, kind of a buzzkill, right? It's like, okay, I know I received that from God. I know that's a word he spoke to me. I know it's a moment I had with him. He was confirming something in me. But where is the fruit? Where's the plant? When's it going to happen? And we so easily can be discouraged when we don't see it happen right away. Because, right, this is going against our culture again. Because we're so, everything is so instant. Every, I mean, I, we really have to wait for hardly anything. And that's why in the car we lose our minds if someone's going... <laughs> you know, two miles under the speed limit because we're just like, no! And we just want everything now and instant and we're used to it. And so when we don't see that seed produce fruit in a day, two days, how long does it take a seed? Depends on what it is. Could be weeks, a month. Some things aren't fully um, grown for years. And so we're gonna look at the three warnings that Jesus gives because this parable is really a warning of what can happen to our faith, of how we need to guard our faith when, when the sower sows seeds into our heart. So let's read through these three warnings. Because when we know we've been sown with purpose, we have to now guard that seed and not let discouragement and other things uh, kill it. Verse 18, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed that was sown along the path. Okay, so this first group of people, this first warning, these people are not spiritually open, okay? Their hearts are not open to hear the gospel. 
And so this is the seed that was sown on the path. The seed didn't make it into the soil. It stayed on the path and the birds came and gobbled it up. And so any message of the gospel is lost on this person. Doubt and unbelief and intellectualism or whatever else is king in this person's life. And this group of people is completely missing the purpose God created them for. They don't even know that they were created by a creator for a purpose. Okay, so this is this first group of people. But also, once you are saved, there can be times where God is sowing something in your heart of the next thing he's calling you to, of something he's asking of you, and we can respond with hard soil. We can be like, no, 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 no. That's not for me, either because I don't want to or because doubt comes and gobbles it up before I have a chance to really apply faith to it. That's the first group of people. The second warning. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Excuse me. So this group, this is the second group of people. This is the second warning we have regarding our faith. So these people receive Christ. Yes, I accept Christ. I love it. I'm a new creation. He's forgiven my past. Let's go. Let's go to my purpose. Let's figure out the good things we get from God. But when difficulty comes, when trial comes, when persecution comes, they fall away. So when I start to lose friends, when my family may start to reject me, when it starts to cost me time and money, when I realize that I'm not protected from bad things happening to me, I'm out. I'm cutting my losses. I'm moving on because this isn't what I thought Christianity was going to be. And so when you have no roots, difficulty burns you up. And it's tricky because you can see prosperity gospel is often hiding under our beliefs. As much as we may think it's not there, oftentimes it's still there. And there can be this idea that Christianity comes with the Disney fast pass, that I get to just skip all the hard parts of life and only get, you know, the good stuff. And the Bible does not promise that. In fact, if you look at most people in the Bible, they suffered greatly. Financially, uh, popularity, and most of them died terrible deaths for Christ. You think about Paul, when he, when he got saved, God said, I'm going to show him how much he's going to have to suffer for me. And so we see all these examples of the Bible. That Christianity is not about getting a fast pass through hard times, but yet still we you know, come to faith and we think that we're not going to have to go through hard times. But the Bible doesn't promise us that. And so we can have that same mentality when it comes even to our purpose. So maybe I don't reject salvation when I go through hard times, but it's so easy to, to doubt and get discouraged that I'm not going to keep holding on and working towards that thing God promised me. Because we think if God promises us something, if he gives us a glimpse, if he sows something, then it's just going to happen, right? It shouldn't take this much effort and this much time and this much trouble. We should expect difficulty when pursuing our purpose, when walking out the Christian life. We should expect it. We should expect persecution and trouble, so the Bible says. Does not mean that it shouldn't shake us. 
Difficult times are going to shake us and sift us. And that's okay because we are human. We're not robots. We, we have feelings. We have doubts that we wrestle with. But if our roots go deep, then difficulty won't take us out of the race. It won't cause us to lose faith altogether. What did Paul say? We're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Do you know perplex? Perplex is baffled. I can't tell you how many conversations we had last year with our team. Our team has been, our, our small group has been through some really difficult years, the last few years. There's been so many conversations where we're just on the phone or together. We're like, we don't, we don't know what to say. We're baffled at what's happening. I don't know. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know. But not in despair. Because we know Christ is still with us. So that's the second warning of how we need to guard the seed that God sows into our hearts. That we don't give up and burn out when things are tough. And we don't see our purpose coming to fruition right away. The third warning. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. This one happens slowly. The, 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 the group before that burns up because of difficulty, that comes on fast, you know? Difficult, some kind of tragedy, some kind of resistance. The first group's not even aware of it because doubt gobbles up the seed before they even know what's going on. This is slow. This is a slow choking to death of our faith because it said the weeds grow up with the plant. So how long does that take? So this third group that Jesus is warning us about has a divided heart. They say they love Christ, that they're pursuing God, but the cares of this world are slowly choking and killing their faith. They've given their life to Christ, but they don't see their lives changing. They don't see the power of the Holy Spirit really changing them in in their inner nature. The worries of this life keep them from trusting God. This is where you're like, yes, I love you, God, but I still want control. <laughs> I still want control of some stuff. This group says they're a Christian, but are so distracted by this life. So distracted. There's so many shiny things in this life that keep, take our eyes off Jesus. And when we're trying to control it all, It kills our faith, sexuality, popularity, success, money, all the worries of this world. Jesus says it's a slow choking, a slow killing of your faith. When I care about pursuing sexuality the way I want to pursue it, when I make money the thing that makes me feel safe, when I I want to be so politically correct to make sure I don't offend anyone, I got to keep up with every trend that's happening in culture to tell me what's now offensive or not. Scripture says it's killing your faith slowly. It's choking it to death. And it's going to eventually kill your faith altogether. And the same thing happens when when pursuing our purpose. David, the psalmist prayed, give me an undivided heart that I may serve you. Okay, and finally, he's the final part. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. A mature Christian understands that the things God has called us to are not going to happen overnight. 
It's not instant. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be harder than you think. It's probably going to take longer than you think. And it might even cost you something, the loss of something. But when we have these seed moments from the Holy Spirit, something supernatural gets imparted into your heart. And and from that moment, from that moment where it's imparted and it's activated, we have to do our part to protect that seed, to make sure that doubt and unbelief and frustration and a lack of roots doesn't kill that seed. And so activate doesn't start when there's fruit on the tree. Activate starts here. It starts with that impartation that God gives you, that assurance, that confirmation. It's interesting when you look at human life, if you and your spouse are trying to get pregnant, you don't wait till the baby is born to be like, woo, we're, ha- we're having a baby, right? When do you celebrate? The moment you know that seed has implanted in good soil, okay? Or I hope there's no young children trying, okay. The moment you know, you're looking at that, this is, so I've never gotten pregnant, but you know, it's always baffling to me to see people hold that urine stick like it's not urine on that stick. But I understand, you're overjoyed, I would be too. So you're looking, and the moment you get confirmation, I mean, that seed has just barely, and you're like, you know, you're kissing, you're hugging, you're crying, you're changing your whole life. You're telling everyone, you're picking out names, you're painting the rooms. From the moment the seed is on good, you know that your life is going to change. And you don't, you're not, one month in, one month into pregnancy, your parents aren't like, well, I guess this baby's just not going to happen. I guess it's not just going to come. No, you know it's going to take almost a whole year for that baby to grow, for that seed to produce the thing that God has created. But when it comes to the vision he gives us, the purpose for our lives, we're like, come on already. We're frustrated when we don't pop a baby out in 24 hours. Let me give you an example of a seed moment. And this is something you all know. If you've, if you've been to this church, this is no, it's not a new story. But it's an example of what I'm talking about. So we, um, it was three years from my seed moment with the Holy Spirit before something came to pass. We, as you know, couldn't, couldn't get pregnant. And so there was one day, this is over a decade ago, so don't judge me for putting everything I used to think on Facebook. This is a long time ago. And so there was one day I was just like put in my status, like thinking about adoption. You know, we were at that point where we're like, well, maybe we should do that sooner than we thought we would. We thought we would do that later in life. And that was it. Posted that status, didn't even think about it. And so uh, a couple of days went by and I got a card in the mail and I opened the card and it was from Mr. McCubbin, who I don't know if he's here today, but, um, and it said, this is good do it. And it had, and then he had a check of like $200. And it was a moment, it wasn't just like encouragement, because lots of people had encouraged us. It was a moment that the Holy Spirit used. And it was like I knew 
I knew that God was changing me and that it, that it was something for our life. And you know it was the Holy Spirit because he used the least amount of words possible. <laughs> I don't know what it is about men. You guys are awesome. But it's like, how can I communicate something using the least amount of words? This is good. Do it. I, Tarzan, you, Jane. I love you guys. I'm not dogging men. I'm glad you're in our life. But you know, as the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't have even known what he was talking about if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit. It didn't even say anything about adoption. Okay, but that moment, so that moment happened where I knew, okay, this is something. And then it was three, it still took three years from that point for us to be matched with our daughter. And it wasn't just like, oh, because we were waiting for three years with an adoption agency. We joined an adoption agency, put together our dossier. We were gonna adopt overseas from an orphanage, sent off our home study, sent $30,000, which we didn't, wasn't even our 30,000, this community. Anyway, it's your money. And then that program shut down. We were just waiting and they, we get an email that says, Sorry, the program shut down. You should try another country. Um, the money was gone. I was so embarrassed and disappointed because it was your money we lost. It didn't happen. And it wasn't until at the same time, unrelated, Dr. Crystal had been encouraging uh, Pastor Grace, Pastor Hope, and I to start the Lovely Project organization. We had done some stuff for the girls in this church and she kept saying, you gotta, you gotta open this up. You gotta, and we were like, Ugh. just really didn't wanna do it. And, but we were obedient. And so we started our nonprofit organization and it was through the Lovely Project that I met our stateless birth mom. That's how the adoption came about. Not in a way you would, I was expecting, not in a way that made any sense. Three years later, so we don't understand how God is gonna bring the fruit. And it's often gonna be in a way we don't understand. And I don't know why he made us start that organization first before I could start my family, but it's what he required. That's the way he did it. Through a lot of hard work and a lot of past time, it came to came to fruition, but you don't see that in the moment when you're just waiting for the seed. And so there's a difference between your dreams and God's purpose for you. And I don't mean this as, a, I'm really hoping today's encouraging, even though this sounds discouraging. <laughs> but don't be afraid. But sometimes the dreams you have held on to and you have are not the same thing as his purpose for you. Sometimes they are, there's many things in my life that has lined up, but sometimes it's not the same thing. And so we need to say, I want to come in line with what your purpose is for me, God. I do have my dreams. I'm not gonna stop dreaming, but I'm gonna be okay if your purpose comes about differently. I wouldn't have chosen the whole lose $30,000 in several years. I wouldn't have chosen that route but I'm not in control. And I just step in to God's um, purpose if I wanna see that activated. I'll give you another example of this. When I was a child, from as young as I can remember, my dream was to be a nurse. I wanted to be a nurse or a doctor, be in medicine, I like helping people. And so that's what I assumed I would do. And then when I was a teenager, I don't remember exactly how old, in like a worship night, God showed me a picture 
at this moment, pre this we weren't in here, I didn't, but it was this stage preaching to people. And I burst into tears and I cried and I said, no, please, please, no, I'm begging you, no. Because it terrified me. It, it was scary. I'm like, this is not what I want to do. And honestly, it still does terrify me. That, that feeling has not gone away. Uh, you can ask my group. I'm, it's always like the dark night of the soul, the week leading up to it. I'm just, I'm not trying to look better than I am. This moment still is like, huh. But it's God's purpose for me. And I wouldn't change it. And my heart feels alive when I'm doing what God's purpose is, even if it was outside of my dream. And when I think about other people in this room that that applies to, that their dream was different than God's purpose, I think about Pastor Peter. His dream was to go to art school. He's told that story many times. And God said no. And now he's the lead pastor of this church. It's different than his dream, but it was God's purpose. And aren't we so grateful that he pursued God's purpose and not his dream? Sarah Swindell, it was her dream to be a professional ballerina. And she was actually, she achieved it. She actually was the youngest person to ever be asked on staff to be hired at Orlando Ballet. They, they hired her at 15 years old. It was the youngest they had ever done that with. And when she started working there professionally, it was not the right thing. It was not good. She decided to quit. But that had been her dream. But she ended up starting Northwest Dance Studio in a community where most of the students cannot afford to pay for classes, so she lets them all come for free. <laughs> that was not her dream, but it's what God's purpose was. And that dance studio has brought in more unsaved people to this church than any other endeavor we've ever had. Some of you are sitting here because of, a, you came because of a show or someone invited you who comes to the dance studio because she said yes to his purpose and not her personal dream. There are so many people in here saved now because of that. Pastor Crystal Brunton, her dream was to work in law, to be an attorney, to work with attorneys. She's now co-pastoring this church and she did not know she would work with International Justice Mission and start that ministry in this church. And every year, our kids' church raises thousands of dollars and sins to see children set free from slavery around the world. She didn't see that when she let go of her personal dream. And so again, this is not to depress us, but to encourage us. But purpose requires loss sometimes. But that's so hard for us in our American culture where it's like, I'm going to have Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, and Disney Plus because I don't want to miss any of it. You know, and that's our mentality. We're going to do it all. We're going to have it all. We're going to dream it all. We're going to be it all. The kingdom of God says, you, unless something falls to the ground and dies, it's not going to produce more fruit. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone, just one grain, never more. But if it dies, it produces much grain and yields a harvest. We know Jesus was foreshadowing his death here in this scripture. But it illustrates a principle of the kingdom that we are to follow his lead. And so to follow Jesus, he's looking for people who are willing to serve, willing to sacrifice for the kingdom, to activate their purpose. And so we follow our Savior and we model that we lay down our life, my desires, my wants, my time, my wealth. I, I, I die to it. 
I lay it down so that it can produce a harvest in me. So I can see that purpose activated in me because I'm not trying to control what I want and what I think is best. And so purpose involves loss. It's not always tragic loss. But if I want to start my career, I've got to let go of college life, right? If I want to get married, i got to say goodbye to single life. For some people, that feels like tragic loss. And other people were like, good riddance. I hated being single. You know, perspective. But it involves loss of some kind. When you want to start a family, goodbye money, goodbye time, goodbye autonomy, goodbye sleep, you know, bye. Goodbye being just responsible for me. That's the scariest feeling. Like, I, as a, I'm just responsible for me. But when you have another human, you're like, I'm responsible for you, and I can't control you, and that's scary. You gotta give stuff up. I think Pastor Peter says you gotta give up to go up. And that's what this means. This is the last example, and then I'll close. So, uh, as I mentioned, you, as, you, as you all know, Sayla is adopted. She's seven years old now. And so she's coming to terms with what adoption means and that, <clears throat> that it means loss, that there's trauma there. And so there's many, many times now that she'll cry. Sorry. And she'll say, you know, I just don't understand. Why am I not with my birth parents? You know, why, why don't I know them? Why don't I live with them? What was wrong with me? And so do you know what we say in those moments? We don't just say, well, it just matters now because we love you. Or we, we remind her, and every time we come back to this point, Selah, God created you for a purpose, for a purpose. And it is going to be your life's work, your life's adventure to discover what that purpose is. That is what you need to spend your life doing, saying, God, what is my purpose? Because he has a purpose for you. And purpose comes with loss. And we don't understand why your life had to start with pain. I don't understand it. Perplexed, but not in despair. We don't understand why it had to start with pain. But we know that he has a purpose for you to discover. And that he's going to take your life and the way that your life has been weaved. And he's going to use it to his great purpose. And so you got to find it. You got to spend your life discovering that. And that God will cause it all to come together to work for your good. And so if we stand today, I want to spend some time praying. That you would have a seed moment today or this week if you haven't had one. I felt really strongly that God was saying today is going to be the seed impartation for someone here today. Where you're going to get a glimpse of something. You're not going to see the whole picture. Nobody has the whole picture. And so I want to pray for you today that that happens. And for those of you that you're like, I know what it is. I've, I had my moment. I had it. I haven't seen any fruit come yet. I'm going to pray that you're encouraged to not give up, to not be like, well, I guess that baby's not going to be born. No, it's growing. God is doing things. We're never just waiting for the seed. We're working. I, we, we had to start an organization to, to get that fruit to, to come to pass for Selah. You don't know what other things God is causing you to do in that time, but to not lose heart. And so the third thing, I'm giving you all the things we're going to be praying for, is if you're here and you have never received the seed of salvation, 
maybe you grew up with a, with a parent or a grandparent who prayed for you that talked talk to you about Christianity and it was just like, eh, eh, not for me, not for me, not for me. Today is your day to receive salvation. To say, God, I'm gonna trust you. I'm not gonna try to just be in control of my own life and understand anything, everything. But I wanna become alive to your purpose of what you created me for. And to see the story that you've, that, that's been woven in my life, see it come together and fully activated for your purpose. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you for every person here. God, I pray for those right now that you are gonna give them an impartation of your purpose, of something you're calling them to, of something you're asking them to give up, to let go of, in order to become more fully alive in your purpose. Father, I ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you are speaking to them, that you would do it this week, that you would do it in the following weeks, that God, this year, they're gonna have that moment, that, that experience with you where they say, I know God spoke to me and I'm gonna hang on to this seed and I'm gonna make sure it's in good soil. I'm not gonna let doubt snatch it up. I'm not gonna let um, shallow roots dry it up. I'm not gonna let worrying how I'm gonna make it happen. Choke it out. I'm gonna protect this seed. And Father, for those that have been waiting, that have, that have received, that they know they have a promise from you, but they haven't seen it yet, Father, encourage them this morning. You haven't forgotten. You haven't overlooked them. It's not that you don't care. It's that you are working things on the peripheral that they can't see, that they don't, that we may never understand. But Father, you have not forgotten. Your arm is not too short to reach them. You're not withholding because you're mad at them. But Father, you created our spiritual life to reflect seasons and growth and that's so much slower than we want it to be. God, strengthen us, empower us to not burn up and burn out because it happened, hasn't happened yet. Let our roots sink deeply into you. And Father, anyone here that has never accepted you or is coming back to you, Father, ask right now that you would accept their repentance as they say in their heart right now, God, forgive me for going my own way, but I'm going with you now. Thank you, God. Amen.